Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. The world is a crazy place right now, and everywhere we turn, there's negativity. How quickly does it drain your energy level? Is it impacting your body? It can be a toxic element and detrimental to our health and happiness. Today, we're talking about coping. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hello, how are you? I am good. I am good. I'm so glad to hear that because the world's kind of a crazy place right now. Your kids are all finished with school and you're free for a little while. Uh, Yeah, but major changes over here. By the time everyone hears this, my dad will be living with me for a few weeks until his new house in Pennsylvania. Wow. Super cool that your dad is moving closer. It's so nice to have family in the area, but grandpa in the house can be a challenge. Yes, it's it's pretty short. So I think it'll be it'll be fine. But I am looking forward to having my first family member living within eight hours of me for the first time in nine years. That's awesome. That's very special. That's super cool. I'm glad I'm glad that that's happening for you. And so great for the kids too to have a grandparent next door. Yes, and it couldn't have happened at a better time because I've seen way too much of my kids. (laughs) Uh, They're going to be spending some QT with the old grandpa here pretty soon. That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, I hope that you get to take advantage of that in a lot of different ways. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to talk about this topic today because I think it's super important for everybody. Yeah. And you know, I, w- I went for a bike ride a little, a couple of days ago with a friend who said that her solution to dealing with negativity is to turn off social media. And that's an option. But I think there are other things that we can do than just completely avoid negativity. Yeah. And I struggle with with the notion of just shutting off the channel of negativity sometimes because I almost feel like I need to be a voice of positivity in in that same space like if I you know if I if I see too much negativity I feel like okay well instead of just me leaving maybe I should just well, you know that. it's interesting you say that because frankly I think the most important thing we can do with negativity is exactly that it's to neutralize it and I and I'll talk about a lot of different ways to neutralize it so being able if you hear a negative voice being able to inject a positive voice is good and I think that you're right. It's there's this. I'm I'm a big believer in like the energy of things, right? I said in the intro, I asked people to think about whether or not they feel like their energy drains, and negativity can drain your energy, and what we put out there will come back to us if and if we don't neutralize the negativity, then it's good. Then that's the only energy in the space. Yeah. Well, it's basically confirmation bias only with negativity. It's why 
you know, people that unfriend people that don't have the same politics as them, you know, just narrowing their viewpoint and making it harder for them to see the other side. And I think the same thing applies here. If you're constantly around negative people and there's no one who's positive around you, it you'll just never change. You know what's interesting? Now, I'm going to diverge for just a second here. Because many years ago, I read the book, uh, Stephen King's book, The Stand. Do you know it? Well, and I have to say, I'm not a big fan of horror books or, or deep suspense, although The Stand is a little bit different um, than most of his other books. It's not really gory. There's, It's just this, for me, what I took away is that it's a really excellent depiction of good and evil. And... I th- I can't help but conjure a lot of those images in my mind as I see what's happening in our world today. It's like this, it, it, it does, it really feels to me like there's this energy battle between good and evil. <laughs> and you've got all these really amazing positive things happening. You know, we did a show in March, at the end of March, um, in regards to the good news of the pandemic, right? And all the amazing things that were happening in the midst of this fear. And now we have all this this pain and, and tension about race, and yet we have amazing things happening and demonstrations of love that take my breath away, literally bring me to tears when I see the Golden Gate Bridge filled with people who are together in solidarity or any of the hundreds of other things that have been happening. I think that's great positive energy to neutralize. When I see people in Europe in solidarity with what's happening in America right now, that brings tears to my eyes because it's a positive force trying to neutralize the negativity in the U.S. right now. Yeah, I I think it's important to hear that there are good things happening because otherwise it's, you know, depressing, I think, and you you get fatigued from hearing so much negativity. Yes. But just because, I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of guilty of, of thinking this way at times, where someone will post something positive in the middle of something really negative, and it's like, oh my gosh, do they not realize how much bad stuff is going on right now? And I think sometimes it is political and people are, are trying to almost weaponize the positivity and to try to say that the things that are bad aren't really as bad as we think they are. But other times, you know, you need to have these threads of hope. And it's it's tough when the world is the way it is. And there's so many really seriously horrible things wrong right now. Yes. So let's let's back up for a minute and talk a little bit about different kinds of negativity because I don't want 
this conversation to get lost on just media negativity. There's negativity exists way outside of just the media. And so I thought that, remember last week I said that self-mastery and self-awareness is the key to change, right? And so I think it's important to really understand the ways that we experience negativity and maybe even the way that we feed negativity so that we can raise our awareness and really focus on changing that from an inside perspective. Right now, a lot of what we're seeing is individual cynicism. Yes. You know, defining cynicism as like a general mistrust of people and their motives. If this is you, you know, if you're listening and you're saying, oh, well, I do have a mistrust. I, I have a reason to be mistrustful. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. People hurt us all the time. We feel hurt. We see hurt. And we. it's hard to trust when people that are supposed to love us or people that are supposed to protect us hurt us. But I want to, so if we just talk about cynicism, I want to say that that we must sit back and say, is there a reason this person hurt me? Not so that you can pretend like it doesn't exist, but that you, so that you can check their motive. Are they afraid, like we talked about last week? Are they maliciously bad people, inherently bad people? Are they, you know, what is the motive? Right. I just want to make this point. I've said this before on the on air, but when I do couples work, I always make the point. I said, wait a minute. Last night when you went to bed, you said, good night. I love you. Right. That's what most couples do. So when you wake up yeah. in the morning, you have to start with the premise that that's still true. We don't wake up and say, let me just be a bitch today. Right. <laughs> Nobody does that. Right. No. Right. So if I am a bitch, if I am being negative, something happened between last night and today, something happened to me, to me in my head that changed either my trust or my it, it raised my fear. Something happened to cause the cynicism. I must look at that first. I can't just attack you because you said you loved me last night. <laughs> I have to look at what happened in me. Yeah. And it's, it's important to, to ask yourself why in this scenario, you know, what's going on behind the cynicism, because that's really the only way that you can fix it. Yes. Or not that, it's, not that it's even our job to quote unquote fix it in other people, but you know, I, I have noticed, and I'll use my husband as an example here because of this quarantine. This has happened a couple times. My husband is the most chill guy that ever exists. He never gets upset about anything. And I even make fun of him all the time because he's like, it's no big deal. Like nothing is ever a big deal to him. And to the point where I, I jokingly make fun of him about this. <laughs> so when it's a little like edgy and, you know, there's something going on. 
I'm like, okay, what is happening? Because this isn't the normal way. And nine times out of 10 in this pandemic, it's because he needs some alone time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's not unreasonable. Right. <laughs> but if I don't ask myself why or recognize, you know, there's no way that I can help him. And I do want to help him because he's my husband. I love him. You know, I could just be like, wow, he's a dick and like move on. But that's not going to fix anything. <laughs> no. And it's not and it's not even the truth. Right. If you do that, then you're yeah. operating under an assumption that's not even accurate. <laughs> And that, and that's the crazy thing is that if you don't ask, you can't learn. (laughs) I'm still, I'm still talking about what we were talking about last week, right? If you don't ask, you can't learn. If you don't learn, you're operating under an incorrect assumption. And that makes you the fool. A hundred percent. So, okay. We have cynicism. What's the next? Hostility is another huge on negativity, right? It's it's something that generates and fosters a lot of negativity. And I think hostility comes from a lack of compassion. Um, often it comes from anger, but anger is, like we've talked about so many times, anger is rooted in some other emotion. Often it's fear. Hostility comes from rigidity. If you are unwilling to step out of your space, you can be hostile to other people. The The biggest way to address hostility is to surrender. Right. If somebody is being hostile, the only solution, the only neutralizing effect is to be kind. Yes. We talked about this. I don't remember exactly when, but I talked about a number line and I talked about people who get angry. And if you know, and that's negative energy, if you also get angry, that's negative, additional negative energy. And Negative plus negative equals more negative. Right. Right. The only way to neutralize a negative is to add positive. That's it. Yes. I I find this all the time when I come in contact with customers who uh, are very angry with me, usually from a mistake that I made, which is totally legit. And they're very, very mad. And if I get snippy and defensive back, it ends in, it just ends poorly. But if I am very kind and swallow my tongue and, you know, or swallow my pride and bite my tongue, I should say, mm-hmm. it, it almost always, almost always ends, ends well. Mm-hmm. Yep. You cannot get a positive by adding two negatives. I, I cannot stress that enough <laughs> when, and this is like one of the three things I actually know, but when Jesus turned the other cheek, that was a positive. It was a neutralizing gesture. Yeah. And, and if all you have to do is think about numbers, negative, anything plus negative, anything equals more negative, but negative anything plus positive something reduces the negative effect. It, it, it's, it's a mathematical fact. So 
when you confront hostility, respond in kindness every time. And, and kindness often means a surrender to the instinct of responding with negativity. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, usually if somebody, if somebody is throwing a weapon at us, our instinct is to throw it back at them. Right. And I've said it before, but kindness is not weakness. <laughs> That's right. No, think about this. Think about how much more strength it takes to move against your instinct. An yeah. instinct is just reactivity, right? It takes so much more strength to move against that instinct and surrender and, and demonstrate kindness. So much more strength. I have so much more respect for people who have the self-mastery to do that. Totally. All right. Another way that we're negative, and this is so common, and again, please take a look at, if you're listening to us, please think, don't jump to, oh yeah, that's what Jane Doe does. Ask yourself, do I do this? And it's something we call filtering. And filtering means that you, out of all the good things there are to see, you notice the bad one. Yeah. This, I think, is something that once you work on it and overcome it, it's easy to point this out in other people. <laughs> well, it's easy to see it in other people. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think I kind of used to be this way, but I worked really hard at at not being. And now I think I had to work so hard to overcome it that I can just spot it in other people. And I like, oh, you know, you want to, I don't know. You have a, I have a minute where I want to be judgy, but I know, I know what it's like. I can't be. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say out of all the ways that there are to be negative, this is the one I probably still do without thinking because, and I, I'm going to blame it on my perfectionistic tendencies, which I have been so challenged to work on. Um, and the thing that comes to mind always is when my daughter painted the basement for me and she did this amazing thing, act of kindness because she knew how tired I was and we had a party coming up and I go downstairs and I rave and I rave and I rave. And then I said, oh, but you got the ceiling over here a couple times. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. And it broke her heart because I focused on what she didn't do instead of all the things that she did do. That's called filtering. We all do it. And it is negative energy. And it, you know, especially if I think about that particular incident, I, it broke her heart. That little piece of negativity infiltrated her her heart. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that because it, as, even though they can be small little things, sometimes I think those are the sharpest blades. Yeah. There's another thing about polarized thinking. And we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Johnny Cuff's book, Finish. And, and that's the belief that something is not perfect and therefore it's not good enough or it's horrible. So it's kind of an all or none mentality. Right. And the reason that's negative is because nothing is perfect, you know, and there are times when good enough is great. 
Absolutely. Those are, these are maybe, I think polarized thinking can be a little less noticeable when we use absolute words like always and never. Those are polarized. When you think about polarized thinking, think about it from the perspective that if there's a spectrum, I'm focused on only the ends of that spectrum, and I'm not giving any consideration to the middle. And so neutralizing this would be just that. It would be giving consideration to the middle. right? When somebody says, and this is one of those things that I have pretty much mastered, and I I hear it all the time now, right? When somebody says, well, he never, he never helps me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Th- he probably does help you sometime. He just didn't help you that once. So it could also like be filtering, but polarized thinking is really more about absolutes and it's yeah. important to pay attention to the center. Okay. Got it. The next one is probably one of my pet peeves. And that is jumping to conclusions and assuming that a bad outcome is imminent because it was bad in the past. Mm, I'm really good at this. Good. Give me an example. (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) No, I I always, I always jump to this conclusion. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I think part of it is my anxiety, but (laughs) yes. So can you give everybody an example? Okay. All right. So here's one example. Um, Camping. I despise tent camping. I hate it with nearly every fiber of my being. How's that for (laughs) polarized thinking? Um, I love camping things like I love roasting marshmallows I love campfires I love hikes I love all of that stuff but the moment you tell me that I have to sleep in a tent I the thought of it is horrible and my mother-in-law recently my mother my in-laws like to camp and my mother-in-law recently texted my husband and said hey we're thinking about going camping and she said said, do you guys want to go or did Leslie throw away the tent? (laughs) Or she might not have called me out my name. We all knew who she was talking about here. I am fully admit. I can't even think about, I know this is like the dumbest thing, but I I can't even think about camping with immediately thinking that it's going to be the most horrible experience of all time. I'll be hot. The thing is uncomfortable. I'll never be able to sleep. It's raining. Oh, my gosh. Just there is no. (laughs) Well, you know, Leslie, you're actually setting us up because what you're describing, the negativity that you're describing is really more catastrophizing. It's it's saying that it's automatically going to be a disaster. Nope, this can't happen because it's never going to work. It's not possible. When it, when it comes to camping in a tent, I am fairly certain that I can give you every kind of negative example. <laughs> that That's there. funny. <laughs> hate it. Well, yeah. but what's interesting is you probably don't hate camping. You probably hate tent camping. That, uh, yeah, that's true. I've never been like a Yeah, camper. I mean, if you participated in glamping, 
it would be an entirely different experience. Camping is really only miserable if you are wet, cold, and uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, and I or hot. Yeah, and so I would tell you that an air conditioned camper is the solution. That's true. I I could I could potentially get yeah. on board with that. I mean, and that's a pretty easy fix. So I want to, and and so you're right. It's like jumping to conclusions is saying that you're going camping. No, that sucks. And and so you just. immediately assumed that camping all camping is representative of tents when that's actually not true right but then really what you described was catastrophizing which meant that everything bad was going to happen it's going to rain and the temperature is going to drop and we're not going to be able to build a fire and the snakes are going to crawl in our tent and (laughs) all of all of those things so yeah All right. So those are negativities. And what I'm going to say is neutralizing that energy is to remember that history does not always repeat itself, because if that was true, none of us would actually be here. Because remember, at some point, even the dinosaurs all died out. And disaster is not inevitable. As demonstrated by the idea that you can get an air-conditioned camper with bed and mattresses, you know, and televisions for crying out loud. Some of the campers have fireplaces. You know, you can, you can, go, you can go quote unquote glamping and that's actually quite comfortable. I want to strongly recommend actually that maybe you and your family think about doing a glamping experience on Airbnb Um, There's lots and lots of people who have RVs set up, you know, out in their acreage, or they've built yurts, all of which are very pleasant camping experiences. I don't even know what a yurt is, but I'm not sure I'm on board with that. (laughs) Okay. Next. (laughs) Because really, just then, the absence of giving consideration to something that you don't know about might be considered negative. (laughs) I told you this is a very, very good example. (laughs) Okay, people, that's what not to do. (laughs) Blaming feels and is very negative, right? When, When we blame people and I am telling you, I know I've said this a thousand times, when we use the words you make me, we are blaming. Mm. It is heard as a negative statement and it will create negative energy in your conversation. If I say you make me crazy, the other person feels blamed. If I say you make me mad, the other person feels blamed. I am blaming you for the way I feel when I use those words. Yep. And when I blame I am putting out negative energy, period. Our words, just those words. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I I try to teach this and I'd like to change this vernacular as soon as possible because it is very single-handedly the causation of many disastrous conversations. So the, the solution and the neutralization is to say, when that happens, I feel blank, right? 
every time I see yep. clothes on the bathroom floor, I feel unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time I go to pour more coffee and the coffee pot is empty, I feel unloved or I feel invisible. Like nobody else wanted coffee. <laughs> There's just this great assumption, right? So we can't blame. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. What's really hard is we have this blatant example at the top of our government chain (laughs) that blames, 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 fails to ever take any personal responsibility. And how the heck we all, you, me, and every person who's listening, we have to neutralize that kind of energy every day so hard because this big example is getting set that you don't ever have to take personal responsibility. And it's fundamentally in it contrary to this, to the contract that we have with our society. Right. Yeah. I have a lot of energy about that too. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that because I could maybe start talking and never stop. So maybe we, so maybe we should go to emotional reasoning. Now we did a podcast a couple weeks ago uh, about what was true. And we talked a lot then about this idea that because I feel this way, that makes it real. And when in fact, it may not be a fact. And so emotional reasoning can turn into negativity when I say, well, that, you know, you don't love me. I know you don't love me. That's the way I feel. I, you know, I don't feel loved. And so you don't love me. Well, feeling that way doesn't make it true. And we can very quickly turn that into negativity because our feet, we feel badly. We have negative feelings and we expand that into what we think is real. Does that make sense? Yes. hundred percent. Neutralizing it is that's only a feeling. It's not the truth. We have to remember that. And I've used this example too. When I come home at night after Harlan passed away, And I would come home at night. It was super easy to fall into this negative pit of pity where I'd say, I'm all alone. You know, I'm never going to be loved again. Blah, 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 blah. I've been, it was very easy. I would instantly have to neutralize that by saying, come on, Les, you're only alone in the house. There's lots of people who love you. You can pick up the phone. You can get in your car. You can invite somebody over. I mean, it was just a. Oh yeah. And the feeling is real. The feeling is totally real. It's it's what you think about the feeling. It's not always real. Another, another thing that really is at the root of negativity is this idea. It's called the fallacy of change, meaning that if something changes, then I'll be happy, right? Then I can feel good. And yeah, this I think happens all the time, all the time with things, uh, with situations rather related to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, you know, that we could probably do an entire another podcast about. Um, and we've talked a little bit about it, I think when we talked about happiness, but this idea that if I have more, I'll be happy. Or if she does that, I'll be happy. 
And that's just simply, it's a lot of negative. It's negative because happiness doesn't have anything to do with what's out there. It has everything to do what's in here, in your heart. You know, happiness is in here, not out there. If you're you're not happy with $100,000, you're not going to be happy with $200,000. There's there's research that shows that I think once you get above like eighty grand, like it does your income doesn't actually make yeah. you any happier. And and you know, here again, that kind of goes back to some of the discussions we've had about meeting our basic needs. And I want to point out that happiness is hap is H A P P I N, you know, right? It's happy in. Um yeah. happiness comes from within and it's really hard to wrap your head around that when you're unhappy, but in part, unhappiness comes from negativity. We're going to talk about it's um, kind of physical consequences real briefly, but this fallacy of change, the change has to start with you. Right. And the last one that I think is noteworthy is heaven's reward fallacy, meaning that this type of negativity assumes that there's going to be a reward if you work hard or you have a sacrifice. And sometimes you don't get to see the reward, kind of like raising kids, right? You know, you you think, oh, I, I didn't sleep all night. I didn't sleep the first year. I've, I've given everything to you and you don't appreciate me. And so you can c- become bitter and depressed because there's no instant gratification and and you can get really negative. Well, I didn't get anything. What did I get from that? Right. And well, and in terms of kids, they're like you're raising a freaking human being. There there is no instant gratification. You have to wait for that shit. You know, it's like Yeah. You're playing the long game. No <laughs> doubt. You know, and not just one or two years, but sometimes 25 years, you know, but, but that's true of like work, right? I didn't, it's true of savings accounts. You know, I saved all that money and then the stock market tanked and blah. And here again, I want to say number one, and I take these deep breaths because that's the way I calm myself, by the way, you know, you can, you can get mm-hmm. so riled up so much of what we put out in life comes back to us in ways that are not, that don't look the same. Like we can send out all this love and joy and it doesn't come back to us necessarily in love and joy, but it comes back to us in loyalty, comes back to us in, in honesty, you know, and if you put out love and joy and you're not necessarily getting love and joy back. That doesn't mean that it's not coming back. It just means it's coming back to you in a, in a w- different way. And so you need to expand what you see. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point because I, I absolutely believe in the boomerang theory. And that is that what you put out there comes back to you. And if all you put out there is negativity, that's what comes back to you. If you put negative stuff out there and then you neutralize it with positivity, 
it won't hit you in the face as it comes back. It'll just be a gentle breeze. But if you put out mostly positivity, guess what's going to come back to you? Positivity. Now, we've talked a lot about this kind of intrinsic personal space. And there's no difference in the way that you cope with with negativity on a global scale. So if you turn on the news every morning, you see negativity. Then I want you to turn on YouTube and look for positive TED Talks. Look for TED Talks on gratitude or happiness or social change. Um, Listen to meditations. Listen to um, speeches, that inspiring speeches. They're all available on YouTube. The other thing that you can do is practice gratitude. I've said this a million times. Gratitude neutralizes negativity every single time. Yeah. It's hard to be negative constantly when you're focusing on the good. Yeah, and gratitude doesn't have to be. Remember, gratitude doesn't have to be focusing on the good. We have a whole podcast dedicated to gratitude, so go listen to that. But gratitude can be just appreciation for the opportunity to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. It can be appreciation for the opportunity to grow, to to raise awareness, to be informed, to learn. Right? You don't have to be grateful that people got hurt or that pain is happening, but you can absolutely be grateful. And gratitude is positive energy every single time. One of the things that I have found to be helpful, I did this a couple years ago where I wrote down something that I was grateful for every day. And to your point about it doesn't always have to be something so positive because if you if you make a habit of writing something down every single day by like the second month you run out of like overtly positive things <laughs> so you have to get pretty creative but i like this practice because when you're done you have this entire book or list of 300 plus things that you mm-hmm. are grateful for and so if you're ever feeling really mm-hmm. negative it's great to be able mm-hmm. to reference that you know just be like all right because there are times look nobody's perfect there are times when i don't feel like being positive and i don't feel like being mm-hmm. grateful, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though i know i should yeah absolutely i think it's so important to learn how to do that to end every day with something that you're grateful for that day i did i think i said earlier i did that for a year three things and it really forced me because you're right after you know, my family, my house, my job, my car, you have to get really granular. And then it's like, Ooh, I'm really grateful for this soft cushion I'm sitting on or really grateful for the person who delivers my fresh fruit and vegetables every Wednesday, you know, or for the, for the birds that come down and entertain me for a few seconds every day. You know, it's, we really can look and see and gratitude neutralizes negativity. You know, Be grateful that we live in a world where we have a right to speak, even if we don't always, that right's not always demonstrated, at least it's there. And in the big picture, it can be protected. Be grateful that I have a voice with which to use my thoughts, you know, to, to, 
to display that. Be grateful that I have friends who are patient and kind as I figure my shit out. You know, I mean, there's so many big picture things that we can be grateful for, even when everything's not working well. And so that's our Try This at Home this week. We really want you to pay attention to what's negative in your life and make sure that you neutralize whatever's there and whatever's negative. In the meantime, um, make sure that you pass this along to people that might need a little help neutralizing that negativity. And as always, we're super grateful that you took the time to listen in. We still have adaptation on our list of topics, even though we haven't gotten to it. As we've said, we were going to. We just think there's other things that pop up in between our recording sessions. So make sure that you stay tuned because... These days, you never know what we're going to be talking about. Have a great week. And for now, this is Leslie and Leslin suggesting you try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.